Hi there, this is Jeff Cullen and... And I'm Mark Hughes. And this is episode five of the Connect2 podcast. Welcome. Margus, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How yeah. about you? Well, survive the heat wave and uh, yeah. COVID hasn't hit again. So, so far, I think we're in the, the window of goodness. The giant heat dome. Yeah. We had... Uh, uh, and uh, well, we're, where we are in Alberta, everything opened up, and all rules basically were relaxed except in Canmore, um, so that uh, masking is not required. Everything is pretty much a free for all. There's some limitations on indoor sports and a few other things, but that's about it. Yeah, that's right. Well, some shops still requiring masks, but I, I well, feel... I think that's prudent. Yes. No, I agree. I think uh, uh, I think it shouldn't be a step function. Should probably have had multiple steps, but whatever. Guess we'll see. Yes, <laughs> well, you know, go surfing on the fourth wave. <laughs> that's if the lambda variant doesn't get us. That's that's the new 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 one. There's a new about, variant. There's a new variant. Oh great! Yeah, that's, so. uh, that's really not good. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's in our mailbag, Jeff? Well, still no official mail. But I heard a request from one of our regular listeners that maybe we should uh, put together a Facebook page Ooh. so that people could interact with each other and us and discuss uh, some of the topics. And I thought that was a very cool idea. So I said we would uh, we would entertain that. Yeah, oh, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Let's, let's create do that. A, we can uh, make that happen. An interactive community of listeners. Excellent. That's that's really good. Uh, well, and I guess there is obviously some people listening to our podcast because uh, I heard almost right away that there was a problem with our this week's episode or the week before this episode. Um, we're recording this on a Wednesday and it'll be coming out next Tuesday. Right. But uh, this past Tuesday, I accidentally deleted most of the podcast <laughs> except for the music. So you would have had 12 seconds of joy. But, but then I fixed it. Presumably, so, yeah. <coughs> Thankfully, good. you didn't uh, erase the master. <laughs> no, I almost <laughs> did that too earlier. Oh man! Yes, I will be a little more prudent. <laughs> anyway, so um, that's good. That's good. Uh, what uh, What are two new things you learned this week? <clears throat> I haven't learned anything this week. I'm uh, I'm still absorbing all the learnings from the from the previous weeks. Oh, I guess learnings, learnings, the lessons learnings. from last week. Learnings is like new age business talk <laughs> for a lesson. <laughs> when we well, went to I, school, we used to get lessons, but now apparently, if you go to business school, you get learnings. Learnings. I guess one thing I did I did lesson or learn is that, uh, and I kind of knew this is that we are facing a tsunami of old people trying to sell their businesses in the next 10 to 15 years. Really? And so I'm, I'm looking into the opportunities there more, more on that to follow, but yes, there's a, uh, it's going to be a, it seems a buyer's market. And so all these people who are counting on, you know, millions of dollars to retire on might be surprised. So we'll see how that goes. Well, what I really discovered, uh, I mean, I, I sold, well, I, I merged my business, but it was a it was part of an exit strategy. What I've really discovered with a lot of uh, business owners was that a lot of them don't have any exit strategy, and they don't even think about succession planning. Or if they do, it's very 
very limited in scale. They're just right. hoping some sort of angel investor will give them all kinds of money, even though it doesn't make any sense for, <laughs> without without them at the helm. So, um, and as somebody that's actually bought a couple of businesses and well, sold a couple. Um, yeah, it's a little more complicated than that. And, right. and quite frankly, it's a lot more mechanical. There's a, there's a whole lot of the way that a business buys another business is, is figured out based upon, um, uh, the, the, the working, uh, there's an, a, a word for it working. It's not working capital. It's, uh, free cash flow. Well, free cash flow is definitely yeah. one of them. But anyway, it and and it, it but basically there's a way to assess it and right. it can get adjusted. Often it gets adjusted down not, down, usually <laughs> down. Yeah. And there's yeah. Uh, performance expectations and essentially usually the expectation is that the business will generate enough revenue to pay out the the original the original owner. But there's a catch. And the catch is as soon as you become part of a new bigger organization, you end up basically paying kind of this internal tax. You have to contribute to the big organization, sure, which right. significantly yeah. reduces, uh, especially for uh, a smaller organization that's been taken over by a bigger one. Right, it can significantly in reduce your profitability, and now your profitability, which affects your buyout over sure. time, yeah. has been reduced. So, well, that's yeah, that's assuming that you you get bought out by a big organization. Yeah, because I think a lot of businesses will be trying to sell to. To their you own know, some either their own people or some new buyer magical mystical buyer like you said that comes along and and plunks down a big bunch of cash so yeah i i'm, I'm definitely interested in 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 finding out more i think there's some opportunities there so that's interesting. more, well, more I, to come. I almost bought a photography business uh i was looking at it just before about a year before the pandemic Thank God right. I didn't. Yeah. That would have been a disaster. It was a sports team photography business. Oh, interesting. And um, it was really cool. They had all kinds of stuff um, built up. Like a, like basically they had pre-orders for the full year okay. ahead, ahead of time. They manufactured most of their own products. It was quite this. I uh, wonder if this is, uh, we won't name anybody, but I there's an outfit that I was all of the hockey team pictures and well, it's I quite remember, a, I can't remember which sports team it yeah. was. And, and it had a, a capture on a lot of, um, a lot of its particular uh, market. Yeah. The, the real catch was that, uh, that would have stopped <laughs> as soon as sure. the pandemic really yeah, hit. So that's right. that would have been a hard thing. So I, I you know, in the end uh, it, it didn't happen because, right. uh, because they were looking for, an owner that would be a bit different than my, I, I, I couldn't move fast enough for what they <laughs> No, no, honestly, I, I was still working and sure. uh, I needed to, my egg right. was not ready yet. So, so you were, you were lucky that opportunity didn't develop. Yes. Oh, pun time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, didn't, it didn't come with, into focus. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't super sharp. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I, I'll tell you a couple things I learned this week. Yes, please. So um, I, um, I, you know, I consume a fair bit of YouTube, like a lot of people. Uh, but there is a particular YouTuber that I really appreciated. But he had um, he, his name is Mitch Boyer, and he had a little print shop in okay. L.A. And um, his videos were amazing; they were really good. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think it was called Nice Art, or something like that. Okay. Um, he's since. Uh, 
I think he's since scrubbed that. But uh, he basically all of a sudden disappeared. He had been producing like regular, incredibly instructive, incredibly detailed right um, uh, videos about printing and in a really great storytelling manner with yeah. great videos. So printing like art, art prints and, and art prints. creative stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and that uh, then it just stopped, disappeared. Wow. You know, I did uh, the usual thing that I tend to do and tried to figure out what the hell happened to him. Sure. And um, Google them. Well, his official story at the time was that he uh, and and I even sent him an email uh, because I was going like, you know, I just wanted to say appreciated your videos. Right. And uh, he responded back and said like, yeah, I had to sell, I had to shut down my business and take a regular job, and part of it was a pandemic. But just recently, he dropped a new video, and I'm going, oh, well, let's see what happened. So it turns out that at the time, he was just having, he was under so much stress trying to make his business function. Right. Um, and he was doing videos on top of that, but uh, his uh, the stress associated with running a small business was more than he'd ever experienced before, and he was... He was having health issues. He had rashes and all kinds wow. of stuff. And so his doctor basically said, you need to reduce your st stress. So he ended up basically uh, taking a regular job. Because those are those are never stressful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, yeah, I think the stress is associated with being a business owner. I mean, in my experience, it's just definitely stress on steroids. Right. Yeah, so, true enough. So uh, anyway, so so it was good. Now he's decided, now he's back. Well, he's he did a video, and now he's decided he's going to do videos about cycling instead. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Which uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, the other thing I learned this week is, well, you know, I'm a bit of a foodie, so you know, yep, I like yep. stuff like coffee and stuff like that. Um, right. I learned that uh, there's a technique you can do using milk to clarify alcohol. Wow. To give it a totally different cha uh, taste, so you can. So there's this guy, he uh, another YouTuber called uh, uh, Truffle of Rocks or Rock of Truffle, something like that. Okay. And uh, he uh, he gives three a drink. He'll have a particular drink, and he'll uh -huh. do three different ways. There wow. is the lazy way. Okay. There's the pro way, and sure. then, then there's a clarified way. And uh, so it's really quite interesting. And um, I've yet to try clarified alcohol, but that is my goal is to do that in the next little bit. Okay. And uh, see what it actually tastes like in comparison to the non-clarified. Non-clarified, yeah. Version. But, uh, any, any kind of alcohol or particular? Well, I've noticed uh, he's done it for more than one. So clearly okay. this is a technique. You use milk and a coffee filter and you basically, you kind of, Pour, pour it through and then as the milk curdles it changes the the texture of really the alcohol yeah, you'll have to let us you'll have to let us know yeah so anyway i thought that was really interesting <laughs> but today uh today's our main our main topic is something uh, <clears throat> near and dear to your heart and maybe a little bit spooky spooky mm. yeah that's uh, right you're going to be talking about i don't even know what you're going to be talking <laughs> about but it's something to do with the paranormal <laughs> Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, I was telling my son, and he's like, you think people are going to want to hire you at your business after you tell people you've been seeing ghosts? And I said, that's a good point, but it's too late now. Do they pay well? <laughs> We've done the sneak peek. Um, yeah, so actually, this is a, a topic that your wife suggested, because she knows I, 
of, of my many interests. Um, I love ghost stories and I've always been kind of interested in, in, in some of that fringy stuff, you know, not that I necessarily uh, buy into all of it, but I think it makes life, you know, fascinating. But the, the not I, conspiracy, theories. not conspiracy theories. No. <laughs> um, but the nexus, if you will, of my interest in, in paranormal stuff is that actually like many people, um, I had a couple of experiences and uh, I thought it would be kind of fun to just lay them out here for the first time ever in uh, recorded, uh, you know, I've told people the stories over, over, over the years, but I thought, yeah, this would be fun. Let's see if this, this has some legs. Well, I'm all ears. You know, speak. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So two stories. Um, the first one, and this one is uh, particularly interesting because it involves something that I didn't know was common until the era of the internet. So like for 30 plus years, uh, this is something that, that I had, had happened to me and I just had no idea that this was something that, that is really common. And so to lay out the, uh, the scenario, so this happened when I was really pretty young, maybe five, six, seven years old. So it goes back longer than I like to admit. And, um, was it, uh, it was stone hammers and <laughs> chisels for writing? Or? Yeah, something like that. So <laughs> in the house that I grew up in, it was a uh, it was a bungalow, one level house, and my bedroom was at the end of a long, long hallway. Okay. And um, so long hallway door to my bedroom, and over the years my bed moved around, but at the time when this happened, the bed would have been across the room, right across from the door. And I used to sleep with the door open. And one night I woke up, or I think I woke up, and right adjacent to the bedroom door, there was a, a linen closet. So, and, and so think of the hallway being about the width of a door plus a few inches and then a, like a recessed linen closet to the left of the door from my perspective. And for some reason, I just woke up and I, you know, I looked over and there was what looked like a person um, leaning out, what would have been leaning out of the linen closet, which of course is impossible, and kind of peeking around the corner of my bedroom, just standing there, you know, sort of picture, sort of like a leany, sort of black, and, and it was like a silhouette, no features, so dark hallway, but darker silhouette. And just immobile, nothing moving, and I just, lay there for like three, four minutes. And I, I don't remember being particularly scared. How old did you say? You were? Six, seven years old. Okay. And, um, and I don't remember if I fell asleep or looked away, but, but after a few minutes, like they were gone. Right. And so I just, just one of these things that you, you go, was that a dream? Like, what was that about? And I'm pretty sure I was awake. So 30 years plus later, I, you know, the internet is all over the place and I start getting into, some paranormal stuff and um and it turns out that this is a phenomenon that like millions of people around the world have experienced they're called shadow people and i this is not like slender man or anything no that that's a made-up thing but this is just people see these these shadow people shadow people um sometimes standing at the foot of their bed sometimes leaning around kind of like i did but it just blew me away i remember sitting there going like holy crap like this is something that I experienced when I was seven long before the internet wasn't reading ghost stories, you know, and then to f like 
decades later find out that this is a phenomenon that is really quite common was really mind-blowing so so that's one of them right again okay. nothing bad happened didn't say anything it just it was just like it was watching me did you did you tell your parents i i i think i might have told my dad and you know it was dismissed as that was just a bad dream and you know for years it was one of those things that i remembered clearly like so if it was a dream it was a very vivid dream and it just like it never faded right until that one day i come across this on a website and i'm like and i think it was like a sketch i was like this looks exactly like the thing that i saw the other one so that you could sort of uh you could dismiss that as oh, i was seven imagination as a kid the other one happened many many years later and this one is not my imagination because a friend of mine experienced it too and this was uh at we the were same time or at a different time no same time so my best friend uh, and I, we would have been around 15 or something and it was summertime and I lived, I grew up in a, a suburb of Montreal and there's a big, uh, a reservoir basin basically. And this would have been, no, it wasn't summer because I think it was early spring because there was docks, like there was a marina and there was these docks and every winter they would pull the docks out, pile them up. And then in the spring they'd put them back, you know, in the water. And so we're just no school that day kicking around. And we started, um, we hopped over a fence and we could see these, these docks were stacked up probably maybe 20 feet high, you know, but you could climb up it. And so we're playing around in these docks and climbing up and down. And, and at one point I came around a corner and so these docks were wooden and they had like barrels that would help them float. Right. So, so picture almost like pallets. Okay. So I turn around and I don't know if you remember those old rubber boots that kids would wear when we were kids that you could wear over your shoes. They yes. were like gray and they had like a strap on. If you're Canadian, you're going to be like, I know exactly what you mean. And they had a very distinctive um, pattern, right? Like that was molded. Yep. So turn around the corner and I see like three feet away from me, like boots, like somebody skirts through, like, like a kid had just crawled through and, and, and just disappeared, like, like I just missed him, right? But I just caught the end of his boots. And I called out to my friend, and I said, hey man, there's some kid here trying to, to scare us, you know, or, or running around. And so we started going around, uh, he was on top, so he would have had a bird's eye view. And there's five or six of these piles of docks, right? And I'm running around trying to, um, we're trying to find this kid, right? And can't find him. And all of a sudden, my friend started screaming, I think he's over here, I think he's over here. And I came running around, and now it looked like, whereas before I had seen like the end of the legs as if somebody was crawling through, now all we could see was the tip of the shoes, like the tip of the toes. Yep, yep. And it was kind of moving up and down, and then whoop, disappeared, right? So again, we're like, he's here, he's here. Nothing. So when we went back to look, where we seen the tips of the shoes, there was like a barrel there. Like there was no place... A person could have gone. And I mean, we were just like blown away. But here's the thing. 15 years after that, I go back for high school and this was my best friend. Right. And this was just something that we'd had other experiences, but this was like mind blowing. And I was like, you know, it's been 15 years. Maybe I don't, maybe I imagined part of it. Or so I asked him, I, I saw him at the high school reunion. I said, do you remember that day? 
and he's like, yeah, the the gray boots and so I mean, like he remembered almost exactly what had happened, and so you know what was that in both those cases? I don't know. Um, I'm not going to say. Yeah, it was definitely something you know like a ghost, but it was definitely something, and uh, and that's sort of so I've always maintained this kind of open mind, um, and then just a couple eh, maybe three months ago we saw something. Uh, in the house uh, looked like a, another one of these shadow people coming down the stairs through the door. And I thought it was my son. And uh, you know, like if imagine somebody coming downstairs and you would just see them pass and would block the light. And I was, so I called out and he was up in his bedroom and I was like, okay, so what the hell did I just see? Didn't tell anybody because to scare the kids. But yeah, so this is like three distinct experiences. Um, and I've had a few other more, questionable things but yeah so definitely do i believe in something potentially yes i do and uh do i sometimes get a little freaked out on those cold winter nights when the wind's blowing looking out the dark yeah sometimes so uh <laughs> but yeah there you go my 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 real world no bullshit um supernatural experiences okay how about you have you ever seen anything well, I got abduct, uh, abducted by aliens. Oh. Was, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I... Was I, there probing? <laughs> took samples. Uh, no, I, I can't say that I've ever had that. Um, I'm pretty good at uh, paying attention to detail. Yeah. There might have been a couple of incidents, and then I probably would have... I, I guess I'm just Mr. Super... Super grounded, super grounded. Yeah. That I would not. I would not. Uh, I probably wouldn't have spent a lot of time on it too. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, it, it it is what it is. Uh, the the yeah. The only thing that was scary that I really remember <laughs> was um, in the midst of the Cold War, so the late eighties, mid eighties. Yep. I remember that uh, that I was in in my apartment. And uh, in Toronto, and uh, the the air raid sirens went off. Oh, really? Like, and I'm going like, oh my god, this is the end of the world. Wow! Because at that point in time, everybody knew that there was like fingers on the button. Absolutely. And it was always in the back of people's minds that the world could end. And then all of a sudden, at like five o'clock in the morning, air raid sirens. I'm going like, this is it. I'm not going to see anybody anymore. I can't say goodbye to my parents. Nothing. And it turned out that it was uh, it was freezing rain that had shorted out some circuits <laughs> and a whole bunch of these old air raid <clears throat> sirens, and uh, so that scared me. It wasn't paranormal, but it was uh, definitely scared the crap out of me in the middle of the night. Absolutely. So, did it make you reevaluate your life? Uh, uh, I well, I went and uh, when I talked to Lori later, so Lori's my wife. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I definitely gave her an extra hug. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go folks listen uh to if you're out there and and you have an experience it'd be great if you email us uh you know let's get a dialogue going and uh and hopefully uh, by next uh, uh next week we'll have a facebook uh yeah and going yeah so. so ghosts ufos bigfoot other weird stuff like you know let's let's hear about it 
Excellent. And, and we can share it on, on the next show. That sounds great. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so in terms of uh, media you're consuming, what kind of media have you been consuming in the last week? I'm reading a biography of one of my favorite musicians, Billy Joel, and uh, uh, by I think a guy named Ed Schreiber's. It's like one of these, you know, the typical ghostwritten, well, not ghostwritten because clearly, but, but, you know, it's not the author, the, not, not the artists themselves. I guess today would be the paranormal, uh, it would be a different kind of ghostwriting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So love Billy Joel, always love Billy Joel. Um, found this book at chapters, like in the $5 pile, I think, and picked <laughs> it up and um, had it kicking around for a while and I'm about halfway through it. So yeah fascinating story uh you know rags to riches and uh lots of mistakes along the way so yeah that that i'm enjoying that what about you what have you got cooking well, well i watched uh i watched the tomorrow war the chris pratt movie oh how is that it was interesting it's time travel thing isn't it yeah it, yeah yeah it uh i would say as a sci-fi it's uh kind of on the weak side it's got an interesting innovative uh it's no expanse is what you're saying yes (laughs) so the nice thing about the expanse (laughs) is that it's uh there's a lot of it's really grounded in science right yeah there are plot holes you can drive several trucks through (laughs) in tomorrow war that being said it's a fun movie it's um chris pratt's really very good he's quite entertaining um he does he just play star lord with a different name no or? no no it's he's, it's a serious serious gig and he, he does it well and oh he's, good he's quite he's quite good i mean he's like the executive producer and sure he's on and it's on amazon but the um but there are some big huge plot holes and the time travel thing it kind of breaks every rule of sci-fi time travel that's out there right like uh and then it tries to pull back and adopt some, but ignores others. And it's just, I mean, the premise, the premise, and it's, it's no, I'm not, not giving you a spoiler. Right, right. People come from the future okay. to recruit people in the past, well, the right. past, which actually is the present, uh, to go fight a war in the future about. And uh, Are they fighting killer robots? No. Because I think I might have seen that movie. <laughs> no, they're, they're, fight, they're fighting these things called white spikes. Okay. And, um, which, again, is not really a spoiler. Uh, but uh, the thing that's interesting about the movie beyond the massive plot holes is that it's really almost two movies. Oh, so really? It's kind of long. It's uh, two and a half hours, something like oh, that. Oh, wow. That is yeah, long a for an long, action movie. And, uh, so at about an hour and a three quarters, um, it kind of gets to a spot where you kind of like, oh, okay, this is the end of the movie. And then it keeps going. And then it starts up like a, another little mini, mini movie inside the, the next movie. It's like it, it carries on and tries. So it, there is a spot where they could have naturally just ended it. Right. And you right. would have thought it was great and it was fun. And I mean, there's lots of action. There's so much action. It's done fairly well. It's lots of, lots of jump scares. It's a, it's well done. Okay. So from that perspective might be worth having a look. It's, I think it's worth your time. It's, it's a, Amazon a, prime. Yeah. Amazon prime. It's, yeah. it's summer fluff. And, uh, and then there's, uh, you know, those kinds of, shows don't have to make a ton of sense no and um then uh there is uh then there's this second part which again is also very entertaining and interesting but 
was kind of uh, it was it was not more of the same because it was quite different. Okay. But anyway, it's trying to fill in some plot holes by creating new ones. <laughs> Interesting. So anyway, but uh, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was a lot of fun. So how many how many bags of popcorn do you give it? <laughs> I would give it three out of five. Popcorn. Three out of five popcorns. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other thing, I don't know if, did I mention last time that we finished The Office finally? We no, finished I, the series. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, so my son watched it a while back and, and he's been really the source of a lot of good shows for us. He, he turned us on to Brooklyn nine, nine oh a few years my ago. Son re- watches that over and over and, and uh, over and over and so that and superstore. Oh yeah. We haven't started that one yet. And then the office. So we, we watched all nine seasons, struggled through season eight and uh, finally watched the end of it. So felt like a bit of an accomplishment. Watched it as a family. That's the thing. Uh, so, uh, so that was good. Really enjoyed that. And, uh, so now we're, uh, she would do parks and rec. She would do superstore. Uh, well, you know, it's maybe int- in September. It's interesting. Cause, uh, <laughs> I saw this interesting, uh, I don't know what you call it. Interesting syn- uh, entertainment synopsis where they had talked about uh, a couple of films where, or a couple of TV series where they kind of ended in a weird way. Oh yeah kind of maybe the creators weren't really ready to end it and they had to end it or right. or they were they kind of lost their mojo and yeah, yeah. kind of carried it on too far. Right. I mean, I think one's like lost definitely. Yes. Carried it too far. Uh, Battlestar Galactica the, when it the very end season was really weird. It kind of just went in a different direction. I'm trying to re- Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, that, that when, like it, it had like this base story and went underlying deep into thing. the whole Cylon. Oh, it was yeah, yeah. Because there's a couple of follow-on movies, uh, yeah, Fire Cap- and Ice, and then Caprica. Uh, yeah, but there's also uh, they did a Cylon movie. We have it. Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and uh, I mean I, I like Battlestar Galactica, but that was kind of just a weird ending. Anyway, there was this other series that my wife and I watched, and we watched it serially when it was on tv we were watching yep. it on tv it was called grim and um, oh, i never watched ended, it but i heard about it yeah only ended based uh, on the brothers grim wasn't it kind of well, there's this whole premise and it's kind of cheesy i don't know what you would call it cheesy magical yeah, yeah, science yeah, yeah, fiction-y yeah, yeah. kind of thing um but um i thought it was well done okay and uh, and you like the characters they're quite appealing and you cared about them, right? And uh, apparently, uh, the the cr- the showrunners for the the series um, were kind of like they said, "We're done. We don't really have any more stories to tell. <laughs> we're, we're out of right? ideas. We want to kind of be done." And then, and they were worried that they would get a full order for the last season, and in the end, they only got a reduced order. Okay. And they basically, um, which they they took to town and. I have to say the ending of Grimm was really good. It was oh, yeah. well-timed. It, it put a whole bunch of closure on a whole bunch of storylines in a way that made sense and was consistent with the rest of the series, which is not what happened with Lost or sure. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, right. And, um, so anyway, it, so it definitely would be worth time but i think it's six seasons six seasons oh wow so it uh it did really well and um yeah it finished uh i think about a year before 
or Once Upon a Time did. So there was like these, oh. Once Upon a Time was another kind of magical. Right, if you're into that kind of fantasy. Fantasy kind of. Kind of stuff. In yeah. the real world and, and not in the real world at the same time. Right. So. Oh, yeah, good, good. So, but anyway, yeah. So, because uh, right now there really isn't anything like that, I think. No, and, uh, there was a whole rash of that for a while. Yeah. And then, but that's how it goes, right? Exactly. Stuff comes up and down, and yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm thinking of watching Ozark, but we'll see. Uh, I, I watched, looked... the, watched the first few. I've watched the first few episodes of that. That was really dark. Like it's dark. Yeah, it, but I but see. Like I loved uh, uh, Breaking Bad, and I'm waiting for uh, season five of uh, Better Call Saul. hasn't released yet, so. Yeah, well, well it, we're we're watching parts of it in the middle of the the pandemic, and it just seemed like every TV show or every movie that was coming out was some apocalyptic, <laughs> dark thing. And then we watched The Boys, which is very dark. Yes, and um, so so we just sort my of wife. Said, I think did that t- my wife thought that would be an appropriate show <laughs> to share with our thirteen-year-old son, and they. Well, uh, superheroes. How bad can it yeah, be? Yeah, so there's some kind of except, except the floating orgy scene. Yeah, in the first episode, so they they shut it down about there. And another friend of ours had re- recommended it to my wife, but hadn't. Uh, I didn't realize it was. He hadn't suggested the kid should watch it too. So. Yes, I I, I completely understand. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, in fact, during the midst of that, that's when we. Went and watched Ted Lasso, which is very uplifting. Right, I hear that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. the next series, yeah. next season drops in the end of this month. So. Okay, yeah, like that's uh, like The Walking Dead. I I was really invested, and I'm about I don't know season four, season five, and I don't know if I can bring myself to come back to it. It's like, especially after COVID, like mm, yeah, you're kind no. of done with the apocalyptic kind of disease taking over planets and turning yeah. people into zombies and you're going like I, yeah no it's not the worst not thing though is when you watch the series you go you know before covid you think well how bad could it really be like you know the zombies would be bad but they of course paint this really dark picture of you know neighbor against neighbor and now after covid i'm like yeah no that would definitely be the problem <laughs> Well, early <laughs> bring on. on the zombies they're okay it's the other it's the guy next door with the shotgun that you got to worry about so well, well during it's too real man during the start of the pandemic uh, uh, my wife and i along with many many other people watched um there's a film that came out uh, about 2009 or 2010 called contagion oh yes which uh you know as we're watching it we're going i mean it's not a great movie it's got some problems but because is that the Dustin Hoffman one? No, that's the one with Kate Winslet's in it. Um, okay, a, I think it's more recent than 2010, isn't no, it? No, it was about. Is it that far back? It was that okay. far back, and it had all kinds of stuff. And it was about a, it was about a, a pandemic, but the pandemic right. uh, had a disease that was way more, way more uh, communicable and way <laughs> more deadly than our. Right. Pandemic. Well, give it time. No, like, like <laughs> it, it expo- as you got exposed, you kind of you died. You died fast. immediately. Okay. And um, it wiped through. And what I, what was really interesting, I found about that. This was before I kind of got 
trying to look for more cheery things. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to put it on my watch list. No, uh, but anytime it, soon. but it 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 really did a great job of laying out what happened because it kind of like pretty much happened. The only thing that was different that was substantially different uh, from a technical perspective is during contagion they came up with a virus uh, a vaccine as well but they started giving out vaccines based on birthdays oh interesting instead of the way the pandemic <clears throat> here has played out where healthcare workers first and sure and their emergency workers and all, all of these kinds of essential workers first right before before the other and the more vulnerable but that sure. is not at all how it was done in, uh, in in contagion. So I think he got most of it right. That, but and even there was there was <laughs> maybe looting. maybe there the CDC lo- watched the movie and they're like, oh, oh, Matt Damon's in it. Uh, okay. And there's uh, there's somebody else. There's a, a pretty actress that's in in the beginning. Um, and uh, it, uh, but it's all um, it's all it's played out quite quite far i mean there's one point in time where matt damon that they're going into a grocery store and it kind of got looted i mean we had all the uh, well in the u.s they had all those black lives matters uh, that's right it's going on yeah so th- that was kind of similar similar stuff to what was going on here uh, you know wasn't just toilet paper that was being looted <laughs> but uh, but they also had a much more vicious vicious bug so. sure anyway so i'm surprised matt damon wasn't being interviewed during covid because that's kind of how these things go now, right? Yeah. Now we're going to turn to our resident expert, Matt Damon, who, of course, played a guy in, in a pandemic in a movie. This, Matt, I, what, I, what's your opinion on masking? I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. That's right. I was in a movie about this. And, uh, <laughs> well, some good media then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, lots, of, lots of stuff. There's so much stuff out there, right? There's it's, so uh, many streaming uh, platforms. We are uh, a, an abundance of riches. And garbage, but nevertheless. <laughs> exactly. Um, in terms of next episode. Right. I don't know what we're going to talk about. So what, what do you have in mind? So, uh, well, I was thinking about uh, talking, uh, <laughs> taking a, since we're going all over the place with uh-huh. our topics, Yep. I'm going to talk about um, approaches to dog training and uh, force-free. And, uh, right. So we'll talk about... Uh, you know, general approaches to teaching your animal, animal, and in fact, a lot of dog training is more about teaching the owner as opposed to sure. So, so Cesar Milan, yes, no, Cesar Milan is okay, but he's I just about call him Cesar Chavez. Oops, <laughs> <laughs> that's a different guy. That is a very different. Guy. <laughs> Uh, but uh, his techniques would be considered a bit old school now. And oh, not, is that right? Not really particularly current. So, so yeah. So we'll. we'll you s- are you saying you can't teach a, an old Cesar new tricks? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, he's certainly been successful. But there you that's go. right. Okay. Yeah, looking forward to it. So that's a wrap. So that is uh, a wrap, as they say. Okay. All right, man. Goodbye to all my. Uh, Guys, gals, and non-binary pals. There you go. Perfect. Take care. See ya. Goodbye.